hate Kathy Hammond. I mean, really, I hate her. I can't stand her smug little smile, pursed and perched on her perfect little face when work announces a bake sale. Everyone knows she makes the best apple brown Betty. I hate when we all go out to wings and things after work and she wears her perfection like the makeup she never has to use. Her every joke, coy and defacing and well-timed, never fails to elicit laughs. I could only get those kinds of laughs if I set myself on fire. Not that I would. I would never let Kathy have the satisfaction. I hate it the most when every third Saturday of the month, or any hunter's moon, she always gets picked before me at the ritualistic blood magic sex orgy. I mean, what's so special about Kathy Hammond anyway? Well, fine, I'll fucking tell you all about her. Kathy Hammond is a bitch. Not really, but she may as well be. Hold on, let me explain something. I'm not exactly sure when I got the idea to do this podcast. Maybe Sam suggested it, or I heard something subliminal on the radio. But I thought, you know what? Maybe it's not a bad thing to let the world know about Kathy. Her shit probably smells exactly like Rose's Hammond. It doesn't matter what kind of heights she aspires to, or actually achieves. There needs to be someone to knock her back to reality down here with the rest of us. I guess that honor belongs to me. Why does this seemingly impossible task to tear down this town's idol fall on my meekly unassuming shoulders? Well, I can't tell you. Frankly, I don't know. Even if I did, I think it would be some gut feeling, so primal, so intimate, that I would be driven to say something, to do something about this exalted golden calf in our midst. Oh, they can raise their tributes, but I'm more of a burning her in effigy kind of gal. I've hated Kathy, she deserves to hear this Hammond before it was cool to hate her. Not that it's cool by any means if you can't see through her deceptive veneer. Everyone fucking loves her. Since she was born, since grade school, since fucking forever, they have loved her. I'm pretty sure all the other babies next to her in the forced isolation wing of the maternity ward weren't crying for their mamas, but a choir singing the praises of Kathy, her first cries were the songs of Angels Hammond. She's had them all wrapped around any one of her perfect fingers. Except for me. I seemed immune to her charms. Everyone else was blinded by Kathy, the girl next door must be the devil because no one's that great Hammond. But I can see the light, and that light shone harshly on all of the atrocities committed by and for Kathy goddamn Hammond. We all grew up in this town, went to the same schools, worked at the same places. When Mike Kona pissed his pants on the third grade field trip to Farmer Dan's inescapable corn maze, we were all there. When puberty started to claw its way out of us, when we became hormonal ticking time bombs, we were all there when we started noticing each other that way. When little Miss Kathy Hammond was the first girl to have her tits pertly pop, all the boys noticed. After Kathy, all of the other girls were chopped, rotten meat. We were just stuck on the social sidelines unless Kathy flashed that smile at one of us. That smile, warm, tender, inviting. To me, it's like never shown. I was always skipped over when her eyes sought a new project, a new friend, a new pet, or a new sycophant. To me, that engraved invitation she had passed out with her pearly whites was nothing but ugly razor wire gnashing menacingly between the pouty pink borders of her mouth. Those pink little lips were like a perfect white picket fence for the modestly pristine house of her face. The veneer, her always supple, never moisturized, skin defied gravity, and the sun and the slow, cruel passage of time. The windows staring out of the second floor were eyes that starlets and jungle cats would kill for. Those almond-shaped orbs, never darting or nervous, seemingly unblinking, forever nestled in the thick black nests of her eyelashes. 
Their one million carat emeralds fleck with one million watt chocolate diamonds. Radiant and sparkling and awe-inspiring would describe the eyes of someone like Helen of Troy, but pale in comparison for Kathy, her eyes have literally made people murder over them Hammond. I mean, I can waste time describing her nose, but just imagine the most unequaled nose and save us both some time. This whole thing, her matchless features, are framed by luxuriously bouncy tresses of curls that the color could only be described as either the perfect summer day or the perfect autumn day, depending on how the light hits it. So every boy was rock hard to be with Kathy, and every girl was sopping wet to be her. And then there's me. I saw through the bullshit. The way I was invisible to her was the same intangible uselessness her charms worked on me. So, bottom line, no one is even remotely visible if they're anywhere near Kathy turns everyone invisible with her mere presence Hammond. And Kathy's a cunt. Yeah, that's right, I said it. When I see her, when I think about her, I think of the word that makes everyone cringe. Kathy Hammond is the word people wished didn't exist to me. Smooth, ice-cold drinks. If you're too hot, we can cool you off. Come on in. The freshest ingredients to quench your unquenchable thirst. New items offered weekly. Our meat is made of the plumpest, meatiest, free-range Welsh children. Our creamy shakes are blended to perfection with your choice of juices. Arterial blood is an excellent emulsifier. Your local dairy hut has everything to satisfy your every need, your every hunger. We are on every corner. We are on every street. We are everywhere and we have whatever you want to cool down your summer or heat up your winter. Whether it's our 64 ounce death rattle or our foot long sausage, we have what will fill you up and leave you panting, exhausted and satisfied. Dairy Hut, sex sells, and we're selling your predisposed ideas about gender and marketing back to you as blatantly as possible. You'll buy it because you want to You'll buy it because you want to be me. It's a high school job that'll catapult you to heights unimagined and... Be the envy of everyone you know, even if they hate you. Dairy Hut is a subsidiary of Shinebright Industries and not responsible for any actions taken by our employees or their constructs. Shinebright is a gleaming beacon of what you could be, what you will be, and what you are. No matter where you start, Shinebright is the beginning. Shinebright is the end. Shinebright will support you as the Alpha and the Omega. Shinebright is all. So, of course, Kathy, queen of the chalkboard jungle Hammond, made all of the rules and set all of the standards. Despite all of her professed innocence and ignorance, I knew that she knew how the world worked around her. But one of the worst things I ever saw was at Brian Rigetti's formal communion. In town, there wasn't much religious diversity. I mean, the monotheists mostly stayed on their own side of the tracks, going to their boring sermons about some invisible man in the clouds, angrily shaking his finger at them from thousands of years ago. Yeah, some absentee father figure, imagined in the days when 35 years old was doggedly ancient, and we lacked the truth, and we were afraid of thunder and fire and blood volcanoes. Now, we are enlightened to the awful but piercing truth of the Elder Horrors. May their tentacles both protect and punish us. So, anyway, Brian came of age to be inducted with a formal communion. Brian's parents were so proud. Half the town crowded into the Temple of Shogthoth, he who will enrich us all with his golden excrement, on Old Heart Road. 
Kathy must have had her seat reserved for her Hammond was sitting front row. Sam told me to sit six rows in and six people deep to get the best view. I thought he meant of the ceremony, not what I would actually witness that afternoon. With most of the town there, Brian walked up to the pulpit and knelt down. He lifted his hands, wrists up, over his bowed head. The priests in black robes with the hoods that perpetually hid their secret faces from any and all onlookers raised their consecrated daggers over poor, timid Brian. As they brought their blades down to his eager young flesh, there was a gasp that sucked the air out of the place. If there was a pin in the room, it would have asked everyone if they heard it drop. As the knives grazed Brian's wrists, barely breaking skin, a cacophony broke out from behind the tabernacle. The black goats, the fatted calves, and the motherless cats all howled at the endless void that was existence. That primal wailing filled the vacuum the previous silence had left vacant. If there hadn't been a fast as part of the communion, the sound of everyone shitting themselves would have been deafening. The gods were angry. Brian looked up, shock shotgun blasted all over his face. His blood should have sprayed everywhere, his spirit freed from its awkward and confining skin prison. He should have ascended and joined the invisible choir, but the gods were not having it. They are shadow and terrible light, and they were greatly displeased with what had been offered to them. But Kathy, the gods must be crazy Hammond, was right up front. She basically floated up to the stage and politely moved Brian aside. The animalistic bleeding reduced itself to a small zoo yard murmur, unsure of what to make of this sudden development. The priests stood unmoved, but offered a small cup of whiskey, blessed by the highest of the order. She drank deeply, without wincing, and took a breath afterward that would have made a softly landing butterfly jealous. The priests put away their daggers and presented her with the wafer meant to be placed under Brian's tongue as he bled out like the stuck pig that he was, offered to those that dwell in the hollows of our transgressions. The cut round was made from the dried and cured skin of some mysterious Eucharist whose screams erupted from the temple's basement at 2.13 a.m. every morning on Tuesdays. No one truly knew who the wafer's source was, but no one ever questioned it either. I guess in hindsight, I should have wondered, but knowing now, decades later, what I didn't question then, I understand the definition of faith. I wouldn't find out the truth, not the actual truth, about the Eucharist until Gina DeMonte's firstborn son's bris. Anyway, Kathy, walking on Sunshine Hammond, took the sacrament and knelt down to Brian. She placed a gentle kiss on the sacrament and then took Brian's face in her delicate hands. For a split second that seemed to last hours, her head turned to the side and swept over the crowd. Her eyes seemed to linger when she saw me, but jumped back to Brian so quickly I was sure I was mistaken. She bowed her head back to his and placed another kiss so soft it would have made a baby lamb weep on his forehead and placed the communion wafer in his mouth. With a sensitive strength, she worked his jaw up and down and then carefully stroked his throat to help him swallow like he was a dog being given medicine. His quiet gulp, almost forceful, echoed faintly through the temple. That wet mouthful being choked down was swiftly followed by the dry wood breaking in half crack of Kathy's savior to us all ham and snapping poor Brian's neck like a Thanksgiving wishbone. Her hands held him firm as he suddenly shuddered and spasmed and shuffled loose of this mortal coil. Everyone was the kind of silent that comes from seeing a miracle, even though it was cold-blooded murder. The temple erupted in thunderous cheers and even the animals behind the tabernacle seemed to rejoice. Kathy was the clutch player for the winning team that is those whose thirst will never be quenched. 
My takeaway from all this was not Brian's begrudging sacrifice or Kathy Judge Judy and Executioner Hammond's elegant act of bloodshed, but the fact that it seemed she looked momentarily for strength, that she had a second of weakness or a faltering of character. She had a chink in her armor and I was determined to exploit it. Kathy lived five houses down from me when we were kids. There were only five cookie-cutter suburban homes between us, creating a close vastness. Even back then, the lines had already been drawn and the widening chasm had broken open. Rumor had it that Kathy Schwarzenegger and my DeVito Hammond had been born minutes apart, her first. That always meant that it could have been me that set the bar, that made the rules, that ruled the roost, if not for mere minutes, even seconds. It could have been me enjoying a satisfying sweet 16 party with a real pink unicorn instead of working at the dairy hut covering her shift. It could have been me getting asked out to prom instead of trying drugs for the first time. I wasted my time smoking the skins of swamp frogs instead of trying on stupid puffy dresses. I was tripping the amphibian fantastic with the rest of the normal people trying to escape the crushing, unbearable mess of existence instead of being crowned prom queen, but for a few scant matter of moments. Now she gets the fucking perfection and I get saddled with the weight of being just whatever. Kathy, sultry siren of the shake machine Hammond, effortlessly rose to the dairy hut's coveted position of assistant manager in just one summer. It was the best job. You got to boss everyone around, but you didn't have to take the deposits to the town bank and deal with the blood-sucking tellers. I mean, the bank staff was nice enough, but it's just that at some point during any given transaction, they will invariably try to actually suck out your blood. I guess that's what happens when you hire the same people to work at both kinds of banks. It was just like now. Kathy's eyes would be the only ones to see me, but it felt like she was simply looking through me, searching for something or someone beyond and behind me on a distant horizon. It reminded me of that neighbor's dog no one believed me about. It kept telling me Kathy Hammond was a bitch, or maybe it was witch, as if to prove my point. But no one else could see the dog except me, though Mr. and Mrs. Euclid would still fill the food and water bowls in their backyard. I think its name was Sam. He was a black lab. Anyway, Kathy seemed destined for perfection even in high school. Other than setting and maintaining who was in and who was out, she was popular other places too. At our summer job, everyone thought her milkshakes were the best. It didn't matter that the rest of us used the same milk, the same ice cream, the same harvested free-range chunks of Welsh children. Everybody liked hers the most. Kathy was, of course, crowned prom queen and drenched in the ceremonial pig's blood. College was when it seemed her powers of persuasion began to crest. She was the radiant life of every party. She was always ahead of every classmate in any classroom. She was front and center at every pep rally and always led assemblies with the Pledge of Allegiance to the Elder Horrors. She's the first and only person who spoke at graduation as a valedictorian without actually being one. If high school was any indicator to what Kathy, the sororities rushed her, Hammond, would become, college cemented. Every sorority house was practically begging her to join them and lead them. She actually lost 15 pounds freshman year. It was crushing to me when even the professors thought her pre-requirements weren't required. The teachers were her pets for fuck's sake, held in the palm of her dainty hand. 
By sophomore year's end, Kathy was leading pep rallies whose raw energy and fervent zeal would have made Hitler stand stunned and shitting his pants. After her first couple of boyfriends mysteriously disappeared, she stopped dating as much and focused on her friends and extracurriculars. And when I say friends, I mean those fawning flunkies that tried to latch onto Kathy fucking Hammond like lampreys clung to sharks. But she burned too brightly to be dimmed by her hanger-ons and was never brought down to our level. I'd often daydream of us pygmies, toppling the great and terrible beast that showed us how lowly we all were in this world while I struggled with studying for my global economics or inceptions of terror midterms. Junior year was more of the same, except for the one thing no one noticed but me. While everyone else was settling down into a nice rhythm of studying during the week and destroying our livers and abusing our genitals on the weekends, Kathy, soon-to-be workplace Empress Hammond, was already looking to the future. Her future. While we were partying away, drowning out our insecurities and uncertainties, Kathy, reigning champ of misdirection Hammond, was chomping at the bit to unleash her awesome self on the real world, the adult world. That world, the one of responsibilities we were all running away from, Kathy was getting ready to headlong throw herself into, feet first. It seemed obvious by senior year that Kathy, so over it, Hammond, had moved past all of this and was ready to move on. She was ready to move past the conquered dominions of high school and college and lay waste to the professional landscape with all of the subtleness of the raising of Sodom and Gomorrah she could muster. So, you see here, Karen, that the marbling of fat versus lean meat makes us a very popular figure. Regardless of that, Having effectively hunted the majestic African giraffe into near extinction for their obvious malevolence, it's the image of one gently kneeling down to take in a cool drink of water from an oasis that makes this a much sought after piece. And look at the bottom of your screen. You only have 57 minutes to order this limited edition and exclusive figure. Think about where you would be, what your life could be like if you didn't take up this amazing opportunity. Exactly! Imagine you're all alone, it's you against the world. Sure, you're a strong woman, empowered and all that. You're just trying to make your way in this crazy topsy-turvy business world, and bam! The cops are showing up at your workplace and suddenly the ground is falling out from under you. Who wouldn't want to be found out by the fuzz for systematically killing all of your personal rival's boyfriends without this adorable piece clutched in their hands? And if you order now, you can get access to our exclusive subscription service. That's right, every month, you will be automatically sent one of our pieces that only members have the legal and spiritual right to. You will be one of the chosen few that get a, what the young people call, chase figure. I think that means it's a one-of-a-kind meat doll that the local collectors, neighborhood children, and let's be honest, neighborhood dogs will literally chase you for once you get it. I think that's exactly what they mean. Look at that clock counting down, and this meat doll could be yours. Plus a year-long subscription to our humble service provided by the Shine Bright Sales and Distraction Division. Can I just talk about how great Shine Bright is for a second? There's no need, Carol. While Shine Bright is our largest contributor of meat for our dolls, which we do not ask where it comes from, Shine Bright is the best and anything we say about it would be already detrimental to both their ultimate goal and our physical well-being. So, 
Despite the control trips surgically implanted in our heads, this gentle creature leaning down for a drink of fresh water made of the finest available corned beef is something you really want to jump on. Would you just look at that clock counting down? Please, look at the clock. Please, really, look at that clock and order these before it gets to zero. When the clock strikes zero and we haven't sold all of these amazing figurines, they trigger the bombs. Are the bombs in the studio? Are they already in your randomly selected homes? One way to find out. Let's not find out if you or your family dies tonight. Let's buy these adorable creatures and add to the meat economy Shine Bright owns outright. And would you look at the clock? Cut to now. When Kathy fucking Hammond aces her interview and I eek by to secure positions at Shine Bright. If you're on this side of the ground, the odds you have used a ShineBright product is in the ballpark of 110%. You know their commercials. They're the global conglomerate that makes everything from motor oil to medicine and dreams to pants. Kathy, perfect, pristine, fucking immaculate Hammond got a cushy commercial sales job selling and distributing those microchips that the government mandates you inject into your children when they're born. I can feel the cold whenever Kathy Hammond walks by in my cubicle. Why can't she just stay in her cubicle on the other side of the office instead of swanning about all around the place? I guess I just avert my gaze and focus on the pet adoption website or the Meat Doll of the Month Club subscription catalog that arrived yesterday in the mail. I work in the marketing department doing what I guess I'm good at. I... Oh, hold on. My boss is coming over. Kathy Hammond is written by Douglas Allen and co-produced by Kate Pumplin and Douglas Allen. It features the voice talents of Douglas Allen, Kate Archuleta, Kate Pumplin, and Christy Wolf. For more information, please visit us at www.bacnpodcast.com. And if you like what you hear, check out our other shows like Black Falls, Nerd Vomit, and Fear Agents.